Welcome back, Tragics, to another episode of the Supercoach Tragics podcast. I'm your host, Dan, coach of the Donka Donk. And with me tonight, I have three self-proclaimed experts. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with, we'll have Glenn. Um, before we start, Glenn, I've got a bit of, um, uh, some listeners are asking me about team names and whether our, we, if we can announce our team names so they can set up rivalries against us. So when I go around the grounds, guys, I'll ask if you guys can... Uh, Announce your team name as well, so we um at least can set up rivalries there. So, Glenn, how's it going, mate? What's your team name? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, Tiger for life. I've had the same name since I started playing. So yeah, set up the rivalry. Good luck with that. Hopefully, you don't win. Yeah, it might be a challenging one. I think with uh, I've never been. I've beaten you once, mate. So, um, <laughs> all right. Also tonight we have Broad. Welcome back, Broad. How was your uh, week off, mate? Yeah, that no, was good, mate. Uh, just relaxing in old sunny Canberra, uh, taking in the sun. No, so obviously my team's Broads Broncos. Um, you can add me, but you'll beat me every week. So <laughs> I'd, I'd add the other boys to have a challenge. <laughs> Thanks, Rod. And last but not least, we have Timmy O back from Supercoach 360, mate. How you going? Very well. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, good, mate. What's your team name, mate? Yeah, boys, I'm Lightweights FC. I've used the same name for, gosh, 10 or 15 years of playing uh, EPL Fantasy and, and then, yeah, 2014 when I switched over to this as well. So, yeah, it's uh, Lightweights FC. I'm all of 65 kilos ringing wet on a fat day after breakfast. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you want to add us as rivals, guys, feel free to add us. Um, if you didn't get me a name at the start, my name is Dan. I'm coach of Badonkadonk. Um I've named that after Missy Elliott. So um, that's, that's how I got my team name, guys. Um, but if you don't know how to set up rivalries at all, feel free to join our overall um, Tragics comp, which is the code there is 922904. You'll see us all in that group as well. And you also get a chance there to win a Supercoach champion ring um, and also entry into a $100 cash comp uh, next year in 2023. So... That's starting off with the shout-outs there. Also, shout-out the supercoach360.com website and all the boys there putting together some really good articles and stuff. So feel free to jump on there. Um, Juzzy, Bergs, and Con and the boys, including Timmy O, are actually doing a lot of work behind the scenes, including Glenn as well. And uh, one last shout-out, uh, Podmasters. So Kano uh, has been putting together a few, or a few, a lot of leagues for everyone to join up. Uh, but there's one overall group here you can join which is 104397. Jump into that one, guys. Um, that one there, if you want to compete against all the podcasters, we're all in there. Uh, might be a bit of a challenging one, but feel free to jump in there and join the rest. Cheers. All right, let's move on to the news. So our man in the field, Glenn, has got some news for us, mate. What do you got? <laughs> I just wanted to say something else also on the rivalries. If you do set up a rivalry and you join our page on um, Supercoach Tragics, and you beat us any round, come on and give them heaps, you know, and me too, I don't care, we'll, we don't mind. Like, you know, make us earn it. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so the news. So most of it's player-related. So as we all know, uh, Fogarty from the Raiders has gone down. He's out for four or five months. And um, so that brings Snyder into contention. So Ricky Stewart's come out today and said he's going to give Snyder a crack. And uh, he's a bottom dollar halfback. So uh, for those that know that, 
that's an imperative for us that are trying to build revenue early. Um, the second one, Smith Shields um, underwent surgery. Uh, Wade Graham in a moon boot out for six to eight weeks. So that's nothing unordinary. He, that's pretty common for Wade. Uh, Cooper Johns down for the six weeks. Um, Luke Keery's good to go. So for those Roosters fans out there, Luke Keery's good to go. Um, Jacob Little from the Tigers has gone down with a PTL. He's out four to six weeks. Um, Trent Robinson has extended his contract with the Roosters to 2028. So that's great for anyone that knows he's one of the best coaches out there and the Roosters will be happy about that. And Dylan Walker has signed possibly to go to the Warriors. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but 2022, looking at moving to the Warriors. So I actually think that's a good buy myself. And um, and the last one I thought was funny, but I'm going to say it anyway. Then our report, 43.1 million surplus this year. So yeah. that, at least we know they can do something right. <laughs> also, Glenny, we've got um, Anthony Milford, who's supposedly signed with the Knights for for this year. Um, so obviously that will put a big feather in uh, in the bucket in that halves combination. Um, with his price, I reckon he's going to be coming off the interchange bench at the start. But he'll be pushing for those that starting six spot, I reckon. And and that was subject to the game itself allowing him to play after his yeah. um, stuff in court. Well, it's been all it's all it's all been uh taken away his court case now. Oh, is that right? Yeah. All the charges have been dropped. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. So the news that I heard there, I read an article about that today as well. Apparently, he'll be eligible to play um from April. So he, I don't think he's, I don't think he's eligible to play until after April. I'm not sure what that reasoning was. I just read a little tweet out there before. I, I probably couldn't afford him any longer. Yeah, probably. 150 is a bargain though, when you think about it. So, so a chance we see him in a bunny jersey this year? No, no, Castle. Knights it is. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they are in dire need of some halves there. I'm not sure if Milford's that half they need, but you know, you could come back through days of old, <laughs> I guess, but. Been waiting for that for a long time. All righty, guys. So this week we're going to talk about the center wing position, um, which is actually made me realize that it's only like a week away till TLT, guys. I'm pretty bloody excited. So, um, yeah, I just realized this is our last positional analysis and I'm going to miss them, obviously, but I feel like TLT is coming up. It's Christmas Eve very, very soon, which is good. So ah, getting excited. Okay, so in the center wing, guys, we're going to start off. I'll start off with the guns here. I've only picked three because I believe the center wing is a very volatile position. Um, the guns you really want are going to be those ones with that really high ceiling. And um, so I've picked three here. Uh, I'm going to start with one here that I'm not really too fond of, but uh, that's Ruben Garrick. He's uh, priced at six hundred or seven hundred and sixty-seven thousand, um, based on a price of based on an average of eighty-seven point five from last year. Um, I am not high on this guy for the whole year. I know he's too expensive to own at the start and I get that, but I, I'm not going to even own him for most of the year, I believe. I think um, maybe if he gets down to about 400K, which I believe he will, uh, he might be nice and juicy to pick up mid-season, but I, I just can't see this guy being as good as he was. Like in 2020, he averaged 41. And that was with a few games with Turbo as well there. In those games, he got 40s. Um, so I'm not really high on this guy at all. If he proves me wrong and great, well done. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, the next one I'm actually really high on. I'm actually really high on uh, Brian Toto. He's priced at 736000 which is priced at an 84 average from last year. Um, and this guy might not have the ceiling of Garrick, but he does have that solid base. Just basically having an Angus Crichton in your center wing, which I think is amazing. Um, 
I do see potentially a digression there because last the year before in 2020, he only averaged 58 points, um, which surprised me when I read that as well. Um, but I do see a bit of a digression there because I don't see the ball being fed to him as well with um, Targo there. I feel like he was getting fed nice ball there with, um, with Burton. I don't see that ball being fed to him as nice. I, I, I still think he's going to be probably the best center wing in the comp, um, but I th- don't think it'll be as high as um, what it was last year. And last but not least, I will say Alex Johnson, priced 638000 um, which is based on a 72 average last year. This is the guy that you get for the runs. And luckily for the Rabbitohs, is a very early run from round five onwards. So this guy, if he gets, if he has a few little price drops there, he might be a sneaky little pod to actually chuck into your team for that nice, good run. Uh, I think it's about eight games in a row there, which is really good. And the, the trail back, if the trail's out in the field there, he'll be feeding a bit of ball as well. So that's what I have for the guns there. Now, um, let's move on to Glenn for the values. Okay, mate. Yeah, so what I want to say before I did this, because I, as we all know, the centre wing position is one of the positions that's going to make money. It makes money the fastest, and there's a lot of value this year. So I went through and I looked at what I saw as value, and Tim will later on tell you the ones that are actually the cheapies in that position. And I've picked out 10, and then what I want to do is I want to come back to three of them, which I'll say who they are now, which is you and Aiken, Katoni Staggs and Xavier Coates to talk a little bit more on with you boys about your perspectives on these players. But as I'm going through, <laughs> if one of you think that you want to discuss that player, let, let's do that. Because um, I really want, I think that every one of these players I've chosen are players that I genuinely would put into my side. Um, so the first one, obviously, is Ewan Aiken and Katoni Stagg. So Ewan Aiken, uh, 486k. I'm going to come back to him and Katoni Stagg so that we can talk about that. So I'll move past them. Um, the next one is Bo Firma, who I think at the price range of 379 with an average of 43. Um, this one's subject to selection. So he really needs to be starting for me to be relevant. You, you don't want a player off the bench playing in your centre wing in an 80-minute position um, that can make money. But if Bo Firma does get that starting position, uh, ideally on the right edge, um, even the left, but preferably the right edge, I think he's a really good buy. Um, the next one is Bailey Simonson. I think at 374K in a Parramatta side um, with an average of 42-7 uh, playing for the Raiders in 17 games. So I don't mind that one. Um, I thought his games last year looked quite good. He, he um, had ups and downs though. He was a bit uh, wishy-washy, but I still think he offers value. The next one's very interesting and I'm going to throw some numbers out that'll shock a few of you. So Xavier Coates, at 358, 400, average 40.9. He's at 36% ownership. These are some of his numbers from last year in 80-minute games. 8, 14, 15, 13, 9, 16. Are you still interested? So, not uh, Yeah, so I, I think we'll stop there before I go any further and we'll discuss that one because I will say that, as we were talking about before we come on the air with Tyrone, Bellamy won't cop that. He, he want, he'll expect a lot more. And the left edge is a scoring position for the Storm. So I see more, but those numbers are ugly. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you. Obviously, I'm a Coates fan um, from the Bronx in Queensland, but those scores, when I was looking into him, like he, he has absolute crap sometimes. And he'll, he'll still have that those games where he won't be as involved. Um, 
not as regularly as, as obviously the ones in the Broncos colors, but he will he will score you those those low ones. Guaranteed, he, he still produces three or four hundred twenty this year. Anyone else? Anything on that, Tim or Dan? Um, he's the definition of a guy that I'll be anti-potting um, because I do not um, want a bar of it. I, I, at the end of last season, I saw him when he when he signed for Melbourne. I was like, this guy's going to be good at Melbourne. I was pretty pumped to get him in. He was my first pick, but then breaking down those numbers, I, I'm not going to have that. You want to, like you said, you want value in your team. He might lose money before he gets money, so I don't want to have that. Um, I could. At least he's that guy you can sit down. He's at that price where you can sit down and wait for him. If he does start looking good and have a run, then jump on. But I'm not starting with him. I'm too scared. One of the things I look at when I look at a winger is not just the fact that they're in a ceiling club, which he is in a ceiling club, and he's in a side that does score well on the left ledge. So they're the positives for him. But I look at work rate. I want my wingers bringing the ball back out of the 20, you know, so like Toho does. Every set, Toho brings up a carry. You know what I mean? So there's two, four, six, eight points that are going up every time. If Xavier Coates doesn't do that, you know, he could be a real ugly own for owners. And I, I think he's at an awkward price, given the amount of value that we're going to see um, with what Tim's going to tell you and what I'm going to continue with. So um, the next one I actually looked at was Brett Maynard at 341, an average of 43. The negative to him, obviously, is he plays for the Bulldogs. And... Um, you know, they're, they're not a ceiling club. They don't, so that for me means less opportunities. Um, now here's Glenn, can I, sorry, Glenn, can I just jump back in there, mate, uh, about Coates? Um, being a big Broncos fan myself as well, uh, the way I look at it, two things. One, obviously the Broncos, we had our pants pulled down many, many times last year and in, there was a lot of games where we didn't score a lot of points. I would bet my left leg on those are the games that he's got those small scores in. So something more positive to look forward to, I guess. Then when you look at it as well, look at Addo Carr and a lot of, he's been super coach relevant. The guy's got a massive ceiling, but his problem was he has a very, very low form. He can hit a hundred one week and then have three weeks of nines and tens and fifteens and whatever. And then he'll score another hundred or 120. And then he'll like, he'd score three or four tries and still not crack a ton. So it's, I think Coates has got some got more upside than Adokar does. I think Coates gets more involved than what Adokar did. Adokar was basically there on the wing, standing on the sideline to catch the last ball and fall over the line. So that's that would be how, how he would score his points, but that was also why he'd get three and four tries and not score 100. Whereas I think if Coates is in the same position, I think he will get it. I think he'll, more often than not, I think the ball will end up going to the two wingers in the storm backline for the kick returns as opposed to going to Pappenhausen because teams know full well it's like kicking to Teddy, kicking to Turbo. They just worked out, stop kicking it to them and they'll stop cutting us up straight through the middle on the kick returns. So I think that's a big plus going for the, the two storm wingers. Whether or not he can replicate that, who knows, but that's to me as a as a as someone who's watched him play a lot of football, I think that's that's the two things really the, the, the real fours and against for him. I think also um, he's a big body, so yeah. he, he can break tackles. And I think that uh, outside Munster, there's a lot of pluses there. And the other one is that I think when he was at the Broncos, he looked unhappy. He just didn't look like he wanted to be there. You know, it looked like he checked out. I mean, you know, I, I've spoken, as we get back to the Broncos, I've got a bit to say on him. And I know as a Broncos supporter, you probably won't like what I've got to say, but our job is to be honest, you know, and try and say what we think. So, um 
I'll move down to the next one, which is Montoya for the Warriors. Now, they're, they're a side whose wingers do work hard. You know, they're, they're, and that left-hand side, you look past at some of the um, past wingers on that left edge in Kemba Marlowe, Vukovalu. Is it Vukovalu? I've got the wrong name. Um, you know, some of them wingers that they've had down that edge, they're hard-working wingers, try-scoring wingers. And if you look at his stats back into the trial that he just had, where he had two tries, two, I think it was four line breaks. I can't, I, I'm just airing them off my head, but I remember they, they were quite incredible. And um, and he's at 338k with an average of 38.6. And But the other upside to them is the draw for the Warriors. I think they've got a really nice draw. And I'll just quickly throw the last two out. So Cobo. Um, if Cobo gets that full back spot, he'll be in my actual starting 17. If he's on the wing, he'll probably still sit in my side at 320k with an average of 40.6, but it'll be more about the money as opposed to the playing him in the 17. And then the last one, which is one I really like, is um, Kevin Nakwama. And this is not him so much as is where he is on the field. He's in a rooster side, on the right-hand side, outside uh, um, Sam Walker, and, uh, and you see that little pass, he lops over the top. You see what Brett Morris done down that wing. The Roosters have got points in them all over the park and their wingers are notorious for getting those points. So before we go to the others, anyone want to add on those? Yeah, Naguama's, you know, he's definitely in my team. Um, if he gets that starting spot, which I think he will, um, too goodly priced. And as we know, you know, Trent Robertson will stick, stick pretty. Um, and I don't see them losing many of their, you know, first eight games. So I think there's a lot of points in him. Yeah, I, I agree. So, all right, so I'm going to come back to you. Go and to me. Yeah, the, the, the only thing I would say is if if he gets that left spot, uh, they've got Suwali, they're playing him some decent coin for a young fella. Surely I would have put, myself personally, I would have put Suwali above him. Um, just simply because of of the the work that the Roosters have put into him, they see him as a future player. Uh, they tried really hard to get him and and to to poach him from uh, from South Sydney. So my own personal opinion is I think he's above Naguama. I think Naguama's been bought as a fill in, more so probably as a centre rather than a winger. But that's only my feeling. So Ali won't be won't be there for the first few rounds. So I think Naguama can can nail it. Um, it'll be his spot to lose. And I, I don't see Nakwama playing in the centres. I, I think he's either on the wing or he's not. I mean, not when you've got Manu and uh, Momorowski and... Hmm. Yep, Smith. And, Smith is the next backup. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just don't see him forcing his way into those centre positions. No, and that's what I mean. I, I see him more as a as a fill-in, as, as an extra. Um, yeah, I wasn't thinking he was going to start, but that's only my opinion. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it will be interesting. I mean, and Teamless Tuesday, as it always does, will throw things up, you know, that none of us really know. I mean, none of us can know. We All we can go on is the information we're given and and give you the best advice we get. And look, I, I agree. If Sawali takes that spot on the right wing, it, it's more about the position than the player to me. And I mean, Sawali's got both. I mean, Sawali is a big body. He, he is a gun. And I think the fact that he's even taller even works, bodes well for the fact that Sam Walker with them kind of lob-like passes. So anyone add on to that before I get to Ewan? No, like, yeah. Obviously, me and Timmy are going to have a lot of differences this year, which is good. Uh, but I think I think it does come down to that, Glenn. Is it Suwali or <laughs> is it Naguama? Whichever one gets that starting spot, I think you've got to, got to go for. 
and whoever does get that one will have it for a fair few weeks until they lose it from their own performance. So, okay, I wanted to move to you and Aiken. So, uh, you and Aiken last season, so I've, I've actually written extra stuff over here in those players. Um, Aiken at 488 k averaged 55 last year, played six games at second row, uh, five of which were at 12 and one at 11. Um, one of those was a 12 from 13 minutes, so he obviously didn't play. But the ones where he played 80, he got 128, 89, 74, 69, 44. Now, a lot of us were hoping that he would come out on the right side outside Sean Johnson. That hasn't happened. Is he still good enough um, to play on your left? And and my answer at the moment is, yeah, I think so. I mean, the fact that he can be played at centre wing, and some of us who are old school from Supercoach love the second row or the fullback in the centre wing position. The, the argument is there's so much value in that position. Is there room? Well, uh, yeah. A lot of the arguments about the right side, left side. He was playing on the left side last week and you got those scores that you just not named off then. And I had him last year for that run and I really liked it. Um, uh, who's, it depends on who the half is going to be on that side. Um, obviously, there's a bit of speculation who's going to be the half, but it's going to be one of the regulars from last year that was feeding the ball last year. So he's going uh, to be priced a little bit lower than what he's worth in that position for 80 minutes. I think he's a good spot. He, he'll have that reasonably high ceiling for a second rower in your center wing. Um, not Maybe not as high as a proper, a normal center wing with the try scoring ability, but I, I still like him. Just because he's not an outside SJ doesn't mean anything. No, he's outside Ash Taylor instead. That's if it is Ash Taylor. I mean, CHT will start, in my opinion, fullback. Then um, Walsh will come in and CHT will move to the bench. Nakora, or Nick Arima, sorry, will start on the left and Sean Johnson on the right. And I actually went through Nick Arima's numbers today and they were actually quite nice. He, he's had some really nice scores, a few over 100, he, he, you know, and with that draw, he's not, he wouldn't be a bad shout. The only problem is, as we all know, there's not certainty on that. If we knew 100% that that was locked in, he'd be a consideration at the very least with that draw. So anyway, so for those that are looking to, the, the, the odd-odd strategy we usually play is cheapies everywhere, one gun. Usually I go one gun, one mid, which would, let's say it was an Aiken as Adia coach. So that's the sort of price range. And then you're looking for your money there because that is obviously the best spot for making money. So the next one I'm going to go... What do you reckon, Timmy, but... What was that? Yeah, mate? look, I, I, I like Aiken myself. Um, I'm actually doing something a little bit different because I'm trying to maximise the, the cheaper spots down in centre wing. I've actually got Aiken up in my second row at the moment. And uh, as with Firma, who I believe we're going to talk about more as well. Yeah, that's right. So there you go. I don't have I don't have him in my team. Um, so. Um, so and why why is that, Rod? What's your what what are you thinking? Uh, probably the, you know what Dan said before. I think I'm anti potting him, hoping he does have that bad bad start. Um, and my money's elsewhere, so I I just don't have him as as one of the people that I really want or need at the moment. So probably changes on team this Tuesday, but. But now he's he's not there. I've just noticed another pick that I had in this in my value picks, and I'm surprised I never mentioned him. Also, was the hammer for though at 418k, a fullback available in the centre wing position. He averaged 47.8 last season. So for those that are interested, but the one I wanted to come back to because I know he's highly owned as well is Katoni Stags. Now I'm going to give you my reasons why I don't like it, and I'll tell you what it is. 
It's the, I almost swore then, the coach. He is a spud. And I, I watch the, um, <laughs> close. I watch every game really closely. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to shoot how I feel. And I, and I, I generally know when I'm watching the attack of a side what they're doing. You look at the Roosters and you watch their play out the back. They play the short ball. I know what they're setting up to do every moment on the field. And you can see that from the good clubs. When I look at the Broncos, and I, I actually did it week after week after week, and I sat there and I thought, I cannot figure out what this side is trying to do. And then I watched that trial the other day. And I mean, look, Stags is a gun. And in any other side, Stags would be my must pick and locked in because Stags himself is a gun player. But and he's outside A-Ray, so they're the upsides. But the negative is, I, I think I'm, I saw the same old Broncos in that trial the other day. Hey, Glenn, when was the last time you played finals? Uh, Tigers? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> when the Broncos last played? Uh, it's, it's been uh, sooner than 10 years, mate. Yeah, we won a grand final in 2005. Luke Brooks has never played a finals game. It, I'm pretty sure he's 32 and he's still in the emerging squad in New South Wales. Who's that? Luke Brooks. Oh, uh, Brooks. I, I, Brooks actually played well, I thought, the other day. I don't want to G, G people up, but I actually thought in goal kicking and um, he actually looked really good. But, yeah, Brooks, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, no, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. He'd be out of my... I cannot stand Brooks anymore. Now, I'm hoping some sort of mercy that Hastings and Dewey when Dewey's back becomes our combination and but I mean look I'm sad by the Tigers every year it's just getting worse and worse. So I'm interested on your guys' feedback on Stag. I'll go I'll go last someone else go before me before I talk him up. <laughs> yeah look uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. I, I really <laughs> like him. Um since he, his first couple of games that he played for us he's just he's awesome. There can be nothing on. He touches the ball and, and all of a sudden there's there's something doing. So he's definitely an attacking weapon for the Broncos. Tackle bus, line breaks, line break assists. He's uh, He's got a little kick every now and then as well. Uh, it, depending on who's kicking, he's he's up there as well. So he would be the top two or three kickers at the club. So he's certainly got that string to his bow as well. I've got him in my team at the moment. He was one of the first players I picked. I've got two guns in my centre wing at the moment. I know we were talking off air before we started. I'm trying to toss up whether that's the way that I'm going or whether I save a few bucks and move things elsewhere because there's some other guns that I would like that I'm just basically been waiting till Team Less Tuesday to see if they're actually named or not. So I've sort of got to the point where I'm not touching too much more uh, until Team Less Tuesday. But at the moment, Stags is is in my side, locked and loaded. Dano? Yeah, um, obviously I love Stags. I think he's a great player and he's one of those guys that you hate to watch when he's not in your team. Um, but I personally am going to anti-pot him um, based on his history. He has a lot of short injury-affected games uh, and that's a very scary risk to run for me personally. I'm actually a bit nervous about not having Stags. Um, I'm actually going a different pot around the same price in Sloan. Um but yeah, I think um, if you, if anyone got him, I'm not going to argue with you. I think he's a great player, I and mean, he's definitely got that massive score in him. So yeah, if you jump on, I, I couldn't recommend it. I, I couldn't recommend it more. Uh, I'm just avoiding. Yeah, and look, I probably you know I probably talked him up from the end of last year where he ended off, and you knew he was going to come with a good price. Um, 
once Supercoach released that price, he's the guy that I looked straight at and said, yep, he's in my team. The only problem around it is that we've got Cobo and we've got Pereira who are all around the same price. Obviously, Stag's a little bit more, but I had all three. Um, but obviously, I'm going to cut it down to two and it'll be two out of those three players. Um, I just don't know which ones yet. So, but well, I love the guy. Sucks a good toe. That that was my reason I didn't have him was because I, I look I love Stags and if, I mean if money's not an object and I'm picking players, Stags probably makes it somewhere. You know what I mean in my side. But when you got Cobo and Pereira at 100k cheaper, you know or 180k cheaper, I think 130k cheaper was it? Yeah. Um, Cobo yeah. to Stags, and I just thought if Stags gets that fullback position. And based on the other um, backs that we're going to be looking at when Timmy shouts them out, um, that's there's a lot of value in that position. So there's only one, in my opinion, gun we're going to pick in that position. So for some, it will be stags. But most of my sides I've made in the season, it has been stags. But after watching that Broncos trial, I just thought that's the same old Broncos I'm used to seeing in the last few years. And uh, it didn't excite me at all. It, they, it, the ball didn't go his way. It was just not happening. But- that changes with A Ray back in. Absolutely. So, yeah. I was going to say so, the same thing. And so that ball, that ball will be going right. Yeah. 70% of the day, you know, A Ray will say, I want it, and he'll get it. So, yeah. And that's that's a big upside. Anyway, that's what I was going to say. So, that is the upside to him is that outside of A Ray will be Jordan, Ricky, uh, Stags, and Cobo, or Cobo or fullback, depending on which way they go. And I really do like that edge. But um, and then Pereira's outside him. Oh, Pereira? Oh, that's probably right. goes yeah. to fullback. That's right. And I mean, I, I like Pereira too. So, you know, I mean, A Ray's a, a class act and I, and I like A Ray. So, uh, anyway, that's all I've got for there at the moment. Uh, thanks, Glenn. Um, yeah, I think the Broncos, it's every year they don't look that good when it comes to NRL wise, but they're always going to have value in there for Supercoach all the bloody time. Yeah. Every year, I'm starting with three or four Broncos in my team. So, it's just because they've got great players. But I think that just kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying with the coach. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll shush now. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Zach, Glenn. Let's talk about the cheapies now. Tim, how'd you go with the cheapies, mate? Yeah, boys. Geez, how long we got? We could nearly do a show just on these. It's uh, that, And that's the big dilemma this year. There's a lot of players. So, what we've looked at for cheapies is strictly under 300K. So the boys made sure we put a price limit on it. So otherwise we could literally just sit here for days talking about our, uh, our cheap center wing. So under 300K, one of the men we just talked about, great segue, Jordan Pereira, 266,500. Uh, last year scored 152 points. Obviously he's gone from the Dragons and now to the Broncos. So 152 points, gave him a 38 average all season, 72 minutes per game. So he still wasn't playing full minutes. 0.53 ppm, and that was on a four-game sample. So he only played the four games last season uh, for his 152 points, which is obviously why he's discounted at 266,500. Uh, well, we've already talked about him, so I guess there's probably not much more to say, but he's, he's just about a lock and load, I think, uh, for, for value-wise. And, uh, yeah, just got to be there. If, if he's named in on the wing on the right-hand side, he's got to be there. Talatau Amo is uh, the next one I've got. He's a 284, 5'8", centre wing duel, which makes things a little bit interesting. Um, his first six games, he's got the Warriors, Panthers, Sharks, Para, Souths and Knights. So probably three pretty tough teams, three 
teams that he'd certainly like to play. Um, I, in my team currently, I have him in centre wing, not in 5'8", which is something that a lot of other people aren't doing. They've got him up as a cheap spot in 5'8", and running two cheapies there. So I've got him down taking up one of my centre wing spots. Um, and that's just the way that I'm doing things at the moment. Next to uh, the two wingers from Para, Sean Russell and Will Penasini. Russell is at 285, 400. Penasini at 255, 700. Russell last year only played two games, 93 points for a 47 average, 54 minutes per game though, boys. So he wasn't playing the full game and still averaged 47. So he's at 0.87 PPM across his two games. Penasini last season scored 125 points. Um, very small sample size as far as games go as well. They've got the Titans, Sharks, Storm, Dragons, Titans again, and the Tiggers. So, yeah, they, they just about seem to be locked in for those two wing spots. Obviously, Fergo's gone, and their other winger is... Simonson. Yeah, Simonson. So I would think at this stage, those two boys are fairly locked in. Does anyone disagree with that? No, until until Sivo is allowed to play. Yeah. Um, I think they've got that spot unless they make this late run at, at a player like they're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, Osako and obviously Corey Oates were, were named. Um, unless they go down that path, then I think that they'll, they'll be locked in. So at this stage, boys, with those two cheapies in mind, have you guys got your eye on anyone in particular? At the moment, I've got Panasini penciled in. But like I said, I haven't touched my team really for the last couple of weeks. So Sean Russell's really only come on the scene over the last two trials. So I, I had Panasini locked in because he was just about guaranteed it. But now there's talk of Sean Russell as well. He's uh, Sean Russell's 285 and Panasini's 255. So I would at this stage still go with Panasini myself, but I'm happy to be talked out of it. I haven't watched the Eels close enough to know which one's more likely. Well, I have Sean uh, Russell, and I'll tell you now, anybody who watches the Eels knows that Gutho comes in on the sweet play on the left-hand side, and that left-hand wing is prime real estate. So that makes him an automatic choice, in my opinion, based on points per dollar at that price range. Penasini has the work rate that you like on that right edge, and I think that the Eels have the draw that screams own both. So both of them are in my side, yeah. So in mine, I've got Russell, I've got Penasini. I've got Pereira. I've got Amone, all in my centre wing. Um, is there anyone else that you've, you've got, Timmy? Or Yeah, look, I've, I've also got, uh, obviously, Targo down there. He's at 287, the centre wing, second row forward, Jewel with the Panthers. He's guaranteed a starting spot. 197 points last season for a 33 average. That were only 37 minutes per game, though. So that gave him a 0.88, so just shy of the one point per minute. That was on a six-game sample. Panthers have got Manly, St. George, Knights, Souths, Dogs, Broncos. And everyone seems to think he will be the spot just inside of um, uh, Mental Block, where the uh, where they kept scoring all their points last year, down that left-hand side. They're playing to yeah, Toto, of course. So, yeah, so whether or not he does the same job that Burton did, obviously Burton's a pretty handy ball player in the hearts, and that's who he's replacing, obviously. So a 287-900 in a Panthers attack left-hand side where they like to go quite often and certainly did early last season, he's he's got to be a starter. He's, he's about as close to a must-have as I think you get. 
You just named my whole centre wing, Timmy. So thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs> I, I don't think you're the only one, mate. I think as I've been flicking through these and I was going through my team and sort of ticking them off hours as I was going. Some of the other ones, are, I guess, special mentions. Joseph Suwali, like we said before, we, we don't know what's going to happen to the Roosters. Uh, who's picking up which spot? So he's there at 259,500. Uh, Cody Ramsey, he's fullback centre wing dual. So that's uh, if he gets named. Some people have said that they're looking at putting Ramsey down at fullback. Uh, Robert Jennings, 229,100. And Gildart at the Tigers. Lenny, you're probably the best one for information with that. From all reports, wasn't too flash in the trials, but um, that's just from what I've heard. I didn't pay too close attention to him. Well, he didn't do a lot of runs, but the runs he did were quality. I mean, he made some um, good ground. He put in what I thought was a line break assist, but wasn't paid. So he, he, he did show glimpses, but the issue for him, again, is the side he's in. The Tigers is another side that I, I can see what they're trying to do, but they can't do it. So they 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 come from another perspective for me. The Tigers just uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's an attitude thing I think in that club for me. I, I just think that it starts in the dressing room with the Tigers, and I don't think that's where it's the happiness is coming from. I I don't know what to say about that. But so for me, Gulot's in the void. But the other one that he did say was Crichton. I really like. I think any one of those back line from the Eels um, are a grab. Um, yeah, and as we stated at the beginning of all this, that's where the value is this season, and revenue is key at the start of Supercoach, so just keep that in mind, you know, where can you make money? Centre wing's the fastest making position to make money in Supercoach, so there you go. So i got Koala as well from the from Manly at the moment. Uh, he jags that spot, you know, he's supposed to be the fastest man in league, you know, the next one. Um and I actually liked him on the weekend. Um, from that first half, you know, he really got involved. So he's a he's a little uh, special one if he gets named on, on TLT. Yeah, you've got Parker and Harper there that will probably start in the centres. But if Koala gets that position, he has to be next in line. Uh, what I saw too, I thought well, I really liked. He showed glimpses. And I think him being on that side with Saab, I mean, that, that speed of them two together, it would be very hard to stop in a gap. You know, if you get those two out and, and outside Turbo, I mean, you just imagine that. Turbo going down the middle and putting either one of those through, you're not catching them. No. Danny, what do you reckon? I love how you said uh, fastest man in the league. Did you see that break and um, Saar was just jogging behind him? Yeah. Different when you got a ball, but. Yeah, I, I get that. But he was just jogging. It was so easy for him. Yeah. He was like jogging. And I think he was making sure he knew it too. He was there going, you know, I'm catching you, right? You know, I'm catching you right behind him. So... Uh, I thought that was good to watch. Uh, um, I'm not sure what happened there. I think I uh, I need to find out some news on Harper. I think that Harper was out that game. I heard there may have been a niggle or resting. I'm not sure. So I might need to find out some news on that. Um, I don't see Harper missing that spot. Uh, I think Koala's probably a better player in that spot. Give him a go. I think Harper's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. In saying that, yeah, I, I'm talking from a super coach perspective here as well. So I just want some cheapies to come. So I need to be selfish. Uh, so Timmy, out of those, uh, out of my seven center wings, you named uh, six of them. So I'm hoping with the pods, uh, is that all you have, mate? Yeah, mate. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I'm hoping um, Broad. I'm sure he's about to name my seventh uh, center wing. So Broad, how'd you go with the pods? If he doesn't, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um... Yeah, so going through the pods, so I'm really surprised. So I'm going to name a couple of players first um, that I won't talk about, but I'll just name them 
but no one that I've talked about in, the, in this list is owned by more than 3% of, of super coaches. Um, so I've got Topo, Tupu, only owned at two by 2.7%. Um, if you talk to Glenny, you know, he can score a lot of points. So to only be owned by 27 is uh, crazy numbers. I've got Croker. Obviously, he used to be a super coach gun, um, but only owned by 2.6% and 320K. So nicely priced if he does get that run. Obviously, we know he's kicking, um, especially that Bogarty's down now. So this other one hurts me. Nofo. Yeah. Absolute gun <laughs> two years ago. You had to own him. Best player by far. He's now owned by 2.5% and 467K. Um, I've got Jimmy the Jet. Uh, if he does jag that spot in the centres, owned by 1.2% and only 270k. Um, so is there anything on on those ones, boys? Uh, Tupo for sure. I mean, Daniel Tupo has incredible base, and again, he's on the back line outside Kiri, Angus, and Momoroski. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, I I really like Tupo. Um, but one thing um I did hear before as well that uh no you know Nofo's base went from like thirty two to twenty six um from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, um and I think that almost coincides with the rise of Mamalo arriving at your club and Mamalo's base is about the same. I feel like their hit offs got shared more, um so I feel like there's been a bit of a They've obviously got another big size winger on the other side now. They can take those hit ups. That's why a lot of his base disappeared. So with Mamalo there, um, that's, if that's a, if that is the reason, if, if Mamalo goes down for whatever reason, jump on to Nofo. I reckon there might be a sneaky little way to get in there. Um, I'm glad you didn't name my pod, mate. Thank you. I've still got four more to go, mate. That I'll talk okay. about. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'll edit it out in the at the end. And just on Norfo, so the Tigers played last season a lot of their back play, which would be Moses out to Mbai and then Mbai out to Ken Mamalo. And um, so Mamalo coming to the club, uh, Norfoluma moved from left to right. That really hurt him a lot. Norfoluma is someone that um, does do a lot of work from the back and he does get those tackle busts and offloads and he is everything you want in a super coach player. But again, the negative to him is the side he plays in. And look, I'm a Tigers supporter 55 years and I i don't even know what they're doing. And I mean, they're another club that I mean, you know, at least when I look at the Broncos, like as negative as I am about them, they've got the class there. On paper, they have a classy side. The problem for me there is the coach. With the Tigers, you know, I, I, I don't even know what to say with them half the time. I mean, I like the fact we're bringing in Apai and IPAP. I think they're good, but then we're losing Luciana Leilua. So... You know, gain one, gain two, lose one. That's... I like how you still think that Moses plays for you, mate. <laughs> Did I say Moses? <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and I'm tired. Forgive me. <laughs> old and senile. Uh, no, Mbai and Brooks, sorry. So Brooks um, getting the ball last season and then passing out left to um, uh, Mbai. And I'm glad Mbai's gone. He was, oh, mate, if I, if I was at a game, I would have thrown rocks at him. Mate. He just done my head in. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so we'll get on with the other four then before Glenny gets angry. <laughs> uh, so I want to have a chat about these four and get your thoughts, boys. Yep. So I'm going to start with the highest own. So Paul Momorowski, 2.1%, 486k, 
and should pick up the kicking duties at the Roosters. What do we think about him? Prime real estate, mate. You saw the post that I wrote, left edge, right wing. You know, I think he's a great shot. And he doesn't pass, so that makes him very sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, a, is that a reason not to own Tupo then? <laughs> well, I think here he uh, negates that and the work that Tupo does out of the back. But I think that Momorowski and the fact that he'll probably goal kick, so there's another tick for Momorowski. I like the Momorowski pick. I just think that his price point is the issue. Uh, it's around, you know, um, it goes back to the, the money and the value in that position at the moment means that we're really forced to pick one gun and Momorowski wouldn't be a bad one to choose to me. I, I just... I've always had my issues with him, um, and I know I know nothing about the player or anything like that. But the fact that he's been shopped around by clubs to so many different clubs has to kind of set off some alarm bells. Now they could be for a million different reasons. I've got absolutely no idea. On top of that, obviously Trent Robinson is well known to not put up with any rubbish. A bit like Bellyache, uh, he's been playing the game for long enough that he just doesn't put up with it. So maybe if he doesn't fit in with the Roosters. Um, obviously, they don't necessarily need him for his kicking. They've got Sam Walker there, who's a decent kicker as well. So when they've got umpteen million backs in the background waiting for someone to trip up and fall, um, that's my only question on him. He, he can play well. He can produce everything that the good centres in the game can. I guess the other way to look at it too is you had the, um, the, the Morris twins there and um, Josh Morris was a really good centre, but then relate that back to Senate, to super coach, and he wasn't the greatest super coach scorer. He'd score 100, but then it might go six, seven, eight weeks before he does anything anywhere near it. A lot of games of 30s and 40s, and that's great if that's what you're looking for. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on the Momorowski one myself. Where did he start, Timo? What's that, sorry? Which team did he start for? Yeah, he's just started at the Roosters. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, that's again, this is him all back. part of it. He's, this is all part of it. So He's taken him back, so you must see something in him now. Yeah, and and I believe he's been brought there for his kicking, I think. Although what was interesting is in the trials that Keegan kicked, I was quite, um, mm. I don't know what the thinking was behind that, but I mean, maybe they want to give their second string kicker, but you would think that would be Walker because I don't see a spot for Keegan, do you? No. Adam Kieran, no. Yeah, Kieran, sorry. But Kieran, um, as we know, is one of the better kickers in that team. Like he yeah. actually is a very good, accurate kicker. That's probably why they were doing it. But it didn't make sense to me that he was doing it in a trial match. It didn't make any sense. So, but yeah, especially when he's not going to be in the seventeen, as as far as I could see, unless he's going to play a utility role or something like that as a utility back or something along those lines. But yeah, I I, I couldn't see him in there. And, and you are right on one thing. So of the four places in the back line for the uh, the Roosters, the least scoring is the left centre. So the, the the right wing, then the left wing, and then the right centre, and then left centre. So um, you're right. And when you've got Angus, who likes to run, Momoroski, who likes to run, that could, in fact, um, impact Tupo. But I think Kiri negates that somewhat and the work that Tupo does from the back. So uh, Roosters, you know, any run in the Roosters side this year, I think they're going to win the Premiership myself. Mm. All right. So my next one's Dan Gagai. 599k, so up there in the price. Um, that was obviously because he went over 84 times and went over 120 twice. So obviously coming from a high ceiling 
rabbits into probably, you know, the nights of a lot of tipping for the, the spoon. I think this one should be a pretty quick one, but it was interesting to see there was only only in 1.2. And, and outside, arguably, the best five eight in the game in Cody Walker. So, I mean, I think he's priced at where he's... I think a lot of centre wings this season are over, and I think Gagai is one of them. But having said that, Gagai is a great footballer. And, um, and he's a great asset for the Newcastle Knights. I think that he's one you might want to pick a little later when he drops in price. Um, he could be good value going through the buy period. But to start, given the amount of quality that's around and value, I, I think he's a miss for me. Oh, I actually, um, yeah, I totally agree with all that as well. But I also like the fact that he's gone back to Newcastle as well. It's like he's um gone back home. So he might actually have a bit of pride and, I'm not saying he did before, but he might go there and put a bit of a bit of extra effort in as well. So, but yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't see it being relevant to the start of the year, but definitely keep an eye out for him. Oh, he was a Broncos before, mate. That's his yeah. time. Yeah, his three best games every season are when he puts on the maroon jersey. Uh, if only his <laughs> club form would look like that every week, he'd, he'd be a set and forget. But no, he yeah, not did all right last year. He did all right last year. Yeah, his club form last year was insane. You you look at his numbers at the back end, especially they were particularly good. I was actually quite surprised. When I went through them, I was looking at Gagai and I thought, wow, they were, I mean, but outside Katie Walker, it's to be expected. And, and Gagai's got one thing that I like. He's got a high work rate. He defends, he runs, he's he's in the thick of it the whole way through. I, I'm a huge fan of Gagai and I think he's a great uh, asset to the Queensland team too. He's, a, he's an incredible footballer. He's, he's one of those guys that comes out of origin a better player every year. His first half of the season might not be the flashest. He gets picked for origin because everyone knows how well he can play in that arena. He's kind of like Cherry Evans, much the same, generally slow start at the start of the season, goes into origin camp, gets around all the boys, second half of the season kicks on. Yeah, exactly right. Jesse Raymond, 1.1%, 552.9K. High score of 124 last year and has the pedigree. You know, to produce those those high numbers. The year before last, he was incredible, and I expected that to go into last year, and it didn't quite translate. But Jesse Tramian's a class act, and the Sharks this season are a class side. I really like the the way they're built this year. You know, with Fanuc and Hines and uh, Josh Adokar. So, I mean, I don't think that's about how much is he, mate. So he's five fifty two. Yeah, I don't mind. So- if someone showed me their team and they had all the regular cheapies and he was their gun, I wouldn't say no. I, I really like Raimi. He's got solid base, um, mm. bust tackles for fun, and um, he puts so much effort into every hit up. I um, if you can show that same commitment as you did, even last year he still still showed that commitment. Uh, he just just didn't um show on the uh, super coach score. He just didn't get as many tries. But yeah, I if, if yeah, like I said, if someone showed me their team and had him in it, I wouldn't um tell them to take him out. I, I had him for most of last season and the sole reason being that he was there just as my base centre wing. I knew that you could bank on 50 points a week. You didn't have to worry that he'd knock out a 15 or a 10 or something ridiculous. You could pretty much bank on 50 points a week. It was frustrating as hell because you'd watch a Sharks game, he, he'd, score, he'd score and it'd get called back or there was things like that that happened, just seemed to happen nearly every game. He was just that one play or one touch or something off 75, 80, 90 points. But, yeah, you can basically bank on him for 50 points a game if that's what you need in as, like, one staple in your centre wing. Then, yeah, I, I think he's, he's worth a shout. He'd be a solid draft pick too, I think. Like, if you're playing draft out there and you uh, you wouldn't go too bad having a Jesse Ramian. But, I mean, 
when we're looking in that position, we're looking first at money, then we're looking at ceiling, and then we're looking also at base. And, and, and until we see what product that we get this year, I mean, last year, I changed the whole formula of how I played. I mean, it was always all about the base. But last year, it becomes ceiling, 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 ceiling. So we ended up with players like AJ, Gary, Toho. You know, we were building that kind of a side. So yeah. until we see, I, I, I don't think Jesse Graham is a bad shout at all, especially early. Well, his only game that scored under 40 was 17, and that was against uh, Panthers. Yeah. And he only played 27 minutes. Mm. So, nice little one there. And uh, saving my best for last. Um, you know, especially Dan and, and Glenn will know that, who I'm talking about. It's Brian Kelly. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Something I thought he was going to do, Dan. <laughs> love Brian Kelly. You didn't out my pod. Love it. It's all good. <laughs> so Brian Kelly is owned by 0.5%. He's 513k and scored over 94 times last year. Yeah. I've owned him the last two years. Um, for some reason, I haven't looked at him this year. Um, but after this, I'm putting him in at the 0.5%. Just such a good pod. Talk me out of it, Glenn. Or Timmy. Mate, Timmy will. Just look at the consistency of last year with Titans. I tried to help you last year. Sometimes some coaches can't be helped, brother. <laughs> no, I think, uh, seriously, I think he's a good pick too. It's, again, I just go back to when we start our season, we're looking at value and I, and, and, and one gun. And, and does Kelly rise to that? Or does the Titans rise to that? And that's the issue for me. The Titans have the points in them. They spend a lot of that time defending and that's the only problem. Kelly's definitely a class act. I just don't think he's a pick early, brother. But I do think he's one to pick up along the way. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Kelly is he's certainly worth a spot. But I maybe would watch the first couple of games, see how many points the Titans have really got in them. I haven't looked at the Titans draw closely myself because I haven't got any Titans in my team. Even for feeder, he's not in my squad at the moment. So I haven't had a really close look at the Titans draw. I'm not totally convinced that they've got as many points in them as they did last season. Mind you, I think with young Campbell at fullback, that's going to change things a little bit. If he can sort of make those sweeping plays and things like that and they get the kick returns with Kelly, then I think it's he's certainly one to keep an eye on. It's not one that I would start with, but it's certainly someone that I could see owning in my team at some stage. If he gets down closer to 400, then I think I'd be all over it. What, so plays Para twice, Warriors, Canberra. Tigers and Manly in his first six games. What was his average last season, bro? His average. Sorry, I'm not as organised as you guys. Sorry, I had <laughs> uh, 58.5. Um, so had a higher score of 99 and lowest of 20. Okay. I, I can talk you out of him right now if you want. Um, so I love Brian Kelly, you know that. Um, but I feel as though if you're going to go one gun in that center wing position, he has to have a ceiling. And yeah. if he can't crack 100, um, which he had a pretty good year last year and didn't crack 100, um, he's consistent with base. But I just don't see um, I, having that gun center wing that's not um, without a ceiling. I feel like 299s and 291s is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is... Did you, were you, did you watch last year, mate? No, no, I'd be your off. <laughs> when they go left too, they play to Fafita a fair bit, you know, so that robs him a little bit of ball too. Fafita's not known for offloading too often. He 
kind of tucks and goes, doesn't he? But look, I, I think Kelly's someone that you could look at further down the track. I just mm. don't know, brother, if I'd be starting him. Given I, I agree with Dan. I think if you're going to pick the one gun in that position, you really want the ceiling one, the one that you know can crack you that big score um, whilst you're making money in that position. Yeah, I'm going to go now. Last <laughs> <laughs> try, guys. We, um, we, we, we just convinced everyone not to go him. So you're like, yes, even more of a pod yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> keep, him, keep him going down. If he gets, <laughs> if he gets to, if he, if he loses uh, a 0.1%, I'm on him. If he stays at, stays at 0.5, I won't. Okay? You heard you heard it, listeners. You heard it, listeners. Everyone get off him. So he goes down nice and low. So Brodge can screw his season over. I'll do it. All right. That's, that's mine. Um, but, you know, and looking at it, there is so many from that 3 to 10%, which are, in the pod range, um, like Timmy, o, I could I could speak six hours on the pods and and, and why. But pick your one and hope he goes well because if you get him, I think you're going to be off to a good start. Explain to the viewers too for those that are new, uh, Brady, what why pods can be quite handy in this side. So obviously, you know, if we're looking at a pod, uh, we're normally looking at under ten percent. And you know, if you if we've got 150,000 players, uh, super coach this year, um, you know, 10% is only 15,000 people that have him. You know, if you're looking at Brian Kelly, I know Timmy O, you're probably better at maths than me, mate. 0.5%. <laughs> um, what's that? Two and a half thousand people. Yeah. Um, so you know that they're the only ones that have got him. You know, if he turns up three times, you're ahead yeah. straight away just with that one player. So, and then obviously, you know, the Andy Pot is what Dan loves talking about. Um, they're the high, high owned players that you, you jump off. Yeah. So, I think we've already proven that most of our center wing is going to look fairly similar in that basically everyone's going to have four or five players that are pretty much exactly the same. Now, whether they're just sitting on your bank, uh, on your bench making cash or whether you're actually playing them in your 17 is a different story. But, that, that's what it's going to come down to. We're, we're all going to have four, five, six of the same guys. You've got to try and work out who's going to be the best of the rest, and, and that's where you're going to pick up those places. Otherwise, we're all going to have exactly the same team to start with, and that sort of defeats the purpose. And, and but that makes, the dif- that makes the difference between a good super coach and somebody who's just going with the pack, someone who's prepared to do the research and try and work out. But then, like we always say, go with your gut. You might have a gut feeling on one particular striker who, who might be ready to jump out of the box and go with a good draw or someone who's undervalued like like Glenn's been talking about. I want to say one thing about pods too, but super coach sometimes does not reward them for their playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember talking to, to Glenn about when I owned, uh, what was the Roosters? Manu. Manu did the exact same play as Lomax did one week, but Teddy got all the points where Lomax got the points. So the ones that are higher owned, they do tend to get a favourable uh, unicorn points um, <laughs> as well. So, you know, when you're looking at those pods in the teams, the ones that don't have that big superstar player will more than likely get the get the points. So if you're looking at a Brian Kelly and a Manu, Brian Kelly will normally get those points for that sweeping play where Teddy will probably take him off Manu. I just add something in. Two of the best seasons I've actually had where I've started really well is where I've nailed that um, ceiling uh, centre wing. So whereas, and most of them, we all seem to have a very similar um, 
makeup of the of the cows, and that that's generally around centre wing. But the seasons where I've progressed, and you you only got to get forty or fifty more above than everyone else. If you can do that, you know, each week you're really going to progress quickly. So if you can land that centre wing in that position, that's lowly owned, that has a ceiling like a Momorowski or a Tupo or whoever it is that you nail. If you can nail that right one, um, just for the first four to six weeks, whilst the rest are fattening up, that can really progress you in super. Yeah. You can come down to one player seriously if you get it right. Yeah, totally agree. And um, I, I, even though I said if Brod named my pod, I wouldn't um, I would edit it out. I actually will name my pod now, guys, um, because I believe it's a very very handy one to have, and that is uh, Campbell Graham, um, from the Rabbitohs. He is a bloody solid player has been for a few years now um everyone normally stays away from him because he hangs on that right edge and in the charity shield i was keeping an eye which edge he was on he was on the right edge however cody walker swung from right to left all game and having that when cody walker's doing that campbell graham gets points so he's actually at 494 if i remember correctly uh and he's owned by 1.7 percent so keep an eye on him too guys can i just ask there does Cody Walker do the same thing when Latrell's back? No. Well, no, he does, but not as much. And and I will just say that when Cody does drift right or left, he tend to, tends to play to the wings. But what makes Campbell Graham so good also is that he has a very high work rate and, and he is a genuine try scorer as well. So I agree. Campbell Graham's a great buy. He's a ceiling club and, um, yeah, and he's got a high work rate and he can break tackles and he actually has um does a fair few tackles as well. Like he comes in and defend in the middle quite well. So I like Campbell Graham a lot. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll start with him, but what I will do is probably try and get him in around around five when he has that run. Can I just mention one we haven't mentioned, and that's Jackson Forlow. So um, I'm not sure where he's starting, whether it's going to be left centre or right wing. Um, but if he gets either of those positions, again, left centre outside of Cody Walker, right wing, which is also a high scoring position. And I think he was under 300k too. Or it might have been somewhere between 300 and 400, 350 375. Yeah, mm. right. So, I mean, it's a little up there, but it's still not a bad shout, especially if he gets the left edge outside Cody Walker. He did play really good in the charity shield. Yeah. Um, looked really good. Well, I think he, he got a try. I think he got almost got, he got held up for another try. So, I think it was really good to watch. As we said, I think I think we can make a case for 80% of the center wings. <laughs> yeah. um, we might be so, here all night, boys. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot out there. It's just choosing that right one, and if you do get it, you, you'll see it at the start. Yeah, it'll. So, good luck to you all. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that finishes up our um, position analysis. Um, before we go, bro, did you want to shout out the cash comps, mate? Yeah, just obviously, just uh, overalls really left, um, and weekly comp five dollar knockout, which we'll have open for a while uh, after about seventy runners. So it's a good little comp to get in. Um, be our highest one, but also just want to say good luck to everybody. Teamless Tuesday is, you know, a few sleeps away, and uh, I hope it crushes all your teams, and you have to restart. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for those that don't know, next week we'll have another pod just this week on Sunday, where we're going to take a few viewers' teams, and we're going to strip them apart. So we've got two at the moment, so we can take one more if someone wants to let us know, and we'll look at their team and um, on the panel. And also, Timmy and I will be throwing up a pod once a week uh, called Ying and Yang. Um, so I know Timmy wants to quickly tell you about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yin and Yang, our first pod dropped uh, late last week. So, yeah, it's something that Glenn and I have been doing on, on the side. So, sort of taking a bit of three, three yeah, try again, <laughs> NRL 360, uh, Supercoach 360 knowledge. And obviously, Glenn's from Tragics. And we've got a, a good group of guys that we sort of talk to constantly as well. So we've got we've got a few thoughts going into it. But pretty much we look at three players each week that are too scary not to have in your team uh, and give them a bit of a fear factor rating. So looking at their, their long-term runs. So looking at three, four, five games ahead rather than sort of just looking at who are they playing next week and are they going to score well. So, yeah, I look at the fear factor side of things and Glenn's going to look at the flunk factor. So looking at three players who he thinks might be highly owned or for particular reasons doesn't think that they'll play so well over the next few weeks. Sounds a bit better than the pod that me and Dan are coming up with called Dumb and Dumber. Um, <laughs> really don't have anything on there, so it's a pretty quick pod. Yeah, just us, just us uh, talking crap, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds yeah. like a great concept, boys, on a Sunday afternoon over a few beers. Uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing your, your predictions uh, for the first week. So, yeah. Yeah, and also next week when we do our TLT, guys, we're going to be uh, doing our Super 8 as well. So anyone who wants to, um, you guys are going to tell me your Super 8s as well after every game. So we're going to start that as well. Almost forgot about that. Um, before we go, I'll also just shout out like, once again um, to jump into the Supercoach 360 overall group. The group code is 790873. Um, also jump into the Tragics overall group, 922904. And also the Podmasters public group, which is 104397. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch up with you next week. Awesome. Thanks very much for having me, boys. Stay safe and be good. Peace yeah. out. Hashtag Tiger Suck. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>